Such a great sense of God's presence uh, with us. We're starting a new series um, today. It's called Kingdom Priorities. And uh, the priority we're going to be looking at today is prayer. Um, but before we kind of get to that content, as, as it were, um, I want to bring um, something of a, a different priority for us as a, as a church together. Um, but no less a kingdom kind of building multiplication priority for us. So it's a bit of a, a kind of a vision and uh, encouragement and exciting news that I'm going to be sharing just for a few minutes um, here this morning before Tim comes and shares uh, with us later more upon prayer. Were you here last Sunday? Who was here last Sunday? Wasn't it amazing? I mean, wow. We, we put out every chair that we own, literally, and we still didn't have enough chairs. People were standing at the back. It was incredible, wasn't it? And what about those little stories of lives transformed on the, on the people getting baptized? Just amazing. We heard from uh, Matt. We heard from Cara and Scott about getting freedom from addiction. Just an um, unbelievable transformation. We heard from Janelle and Sarah from Columbia. Um, Janelle's one of our students and Bibi was, is one of our young people. And uh, how they'd gone from kind of religion, as it were, growing up in a Christian home, head knowledge to heart knowledge. What an amazing transformation. Uh, we heard from Sam, who was going for life coaching and self-help and found actually that his help was from God and uh, gave his life to Jesus in that way. Just great stories all about what we're about here, Citygate Church, seeing lives transformed every day across the bay. And um, I don't know if, if numbers interest you, and they are an indication of something, but last week we had our highest ever attendance in church across sites and across platforms, our online platform as well. And that totaled around about 930 people, which is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Just incredible. There are 776, approximately, in, in this space, including our children. And uh, there was 100 people over at Southbourne. Um, our Southbourne site has grown uh, brilliantly as well, and capacity <laughs> are issues in both buildings. And those lives that we heard about being transformed, they're not the only one. We've got kids meeting every single week, learning about Jesus, exploring faith. We've got students gathering together, exploring faith, finding freedom on student weekends away. We've got people stepping into serving others, taking on leadership uh, gifts and um, putting them into practice. And just in this place, people encountering Jesus week by week in this uh, just amazing family that we have that is Citygate Church. And we're now regularly about 600 people um, across sites, over 520 in Bournemouth regularly and uh, 80 plus um, in Southbourne. We've got 80 to 100 kids next door, which is making our children's work uh, kind of full, uh, more difficult to manage, as it were, in the rooms that we have. We are giving out about 20 to 30 welcome bags on average 
on any given Sunday. It's amazing what God is about and what he's doing with us. We've had 150 on our kind of joining the church uh, course. We call it Rooted since January. And so there's been a lot of processing and helping people get connected. But just incredible sense of momentum and growth that God has given to us. And as I've said, we are often at getting towards capacity in our buildings. God has spoken to us, prophetically, he's spoken that when the barren give birth, pray or prepare for thousands. And uh, that was a couple of years ago when we were still averaging around about 500 across sites. And to think that we had 930 in the building last week is just remarkable. And he said that in what you see in the natural, if you like, you'll begin to see in the spiritual, that we would see spiritual rebirth or people being born again. And I believe what God is doing in us, he's, he is preparing us. We've had to prepare this way for more people. God is going to give us the thousand. I believe it. And then I believe he's going to help us and he's preparing us even now to take many more thousands, a harvest of souls, of new birth salvation, as we mobilize this army into our community with the gospel and the good news of Jesus. Prophetic words are invitations to adventure, aren't they? Go forward with the Holy Spirit and in his power. And in January, when we started the year, I said that we might need to change our structures and our methods, that what we have done up to here needs to be different for the next phase and one of the biggest changes that I've found in the team and most of us is this whole mindset change of, of multiplication. That God wants us to be a people of kingdom multiplication. To multiply disciples who will make disciples. Multiply leaders who will raise other leaders. Multiply life groups which will birth other life groups. Multiply meetings. Multiply sites. And with all this and the reality of growth and the prophetic that God's spoken over us, I want to propose a shift for us, a change that we're going to look toward. And that change is that we want to go to two morning meetings come September. That's the news. That's the headline. Some of you might have heard. Some of you might have... uh, Yes, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Some of you might have got wind of this. Some of you might have asked the question, what are we going to do with all these people? I know I have. Um, And that's what we're going to do. So on September the 10th, that's our date that we're aiming towards. We're going to go to the Commission Festival. If you don't know about it, ask someone about it. We're all going to go there together. We're going to come back. We're going to have one Sunday here, the 3rd of September, our final Sunday, as it were, all together, a massive celebration of what God's done. And then the following week on the 10th, we're going to come in at... There's going to be a bunch of us coming in at 9 a.m. and a bunch of us coming in at 11 a.m. And we're going to go to -to back-to-back meetings to enable the the kind of capacity to be enlarged. All right? And that's what we're looking to do. We think this is the best way for us to be able to create more room for both adults and actually in our kids' work because that's becoming a bit of an issue. It's going to help us to connect deeper in terms of community so that we're not just a big crowd like on, on a Sunday as it, as it is now. Um, and it will give us a foundation for future 
growth, that we can add people into each of those services and our sites. We know that this is a big change. It could create a sense of loss for some. Uh, maybe we might lose some of our like, incredible diversity that God has given us. Maybe you won't come to the same meeting as some of your friends, existing friends. But boiled down, this is about the mission, isn't it? This is about reaching our community. It's about making room for what God wants to do with us. And that makes me emotional. Um, we're making room for more disciples, for more worshippers, and more glory. More glory to go to Jesus' name. Amen. It will affect us all. We're all going to have to change our meeting time come September. Whichever one you choose. There's going to be there's a lot of work to do in terms of resourcing, particularly in our children's work. There's various teams, as we know, in, incredible teams that serve us on a Sunday. And partly why we're here is because you have served so well up to this point. And you've grown with us as we've grown together. We might need to double numbers of servers in particular teams. People might be working double shifts, going over both Sundays for the glory of God. And we recognize that change can be difficult, can be daunting. It upsets our routine. But I want to encourage you that this is God's brought the increase. We're on an adventure. And I want to encourage you to join with us and kind of just say, I'm all in at this moment. So, a few things that will help us. We're going to send out a survey in the next couple of weeks. Okay, we're going to just mention this again next Sunday. And then in that following week, you'll get a survey, very short survey. It's going to help us plan for the change. Okay, it's going to ask you, which meeting would you prefer to come to, you and your family? Will it be nine? Will it be 11? And we'll also ask you, importantly, if you are happy to come to either. Because that means that we might be able to get more of an even spread across meetings. It might be able to help us with our, maintain some of our expression of diversity as well. So, look out for that email and uh, please respond to it. It's really going to help us in our planning. Secondly, we're going to have a Sunday, a whole Sunday, on May the 14th, focused on celebrating all of our serving teams on a Sunday. We're going to praise God for the people who already serve, and they're going to tell you and show you a little bit about their vision for the future and how more of us can engage in what God's got for us going forward together. So the 14th of May, a Sunday where we're going to celebrate uh, all that God has done, and particularly in the area of giving of our time and of our treasure and of our talents on that day. An important Sunday to put in your diary and be around. And finally, we can't do this without the kingdom priority of prayer. It's such a big thing that prayer fuels everything that we do. And at the start of the year, we knew this might be a big year, we set out three dates that we are going to pray and fast, hunger for God, to help us to do all that he has for us. And so on the 26th of April, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday will be our next prayer and fasting session, 7.30 in here. We meet together 
and maybe you've fasted during the day and prayed, we're going to pray together to help, ask God to help us to bring this about for his glory. So, a survey in the next couple of weeks. Come and pray with us. Come and pray. It's a kingdom priority. And that's serving Sunday on the 14th of May. Isn't it exciting what God's doing? I want to encourage you, keep coming. Keep attending. Engage with this and the momentum. Let's pray together. I'd love to see our prayer meetings off the scale in terms of expectation of what God's going to do. I'm beginning to wonder what the future might hold and uh, whether God wants to do something mighty through us and uh, to build a platform, as I've already said, for future new birth salvation and kingdom multiplication. I'm going to invite Tim. Um, Should we just honor Tim? He has an incredible teaching gift. He's going to come and... Tim, help us with this kingdom priority of prayer. How should we... So how should we respond to all that's happening? Well, obviously, one thing we need to do is to plan. And people behind the scenes are planning rapidly. But perhaps more importantly, we should pray. Prayer is the first of the kingdom priorities that we're going to be looking at in the next few weeks. We've been looking through this, we will be looking through the whole year at the kingdom of God, that God is king, that he's always reigned, that he reigns now, and that there will be a future kingdom when we will enjoy his reign unhindered completely. Jesus came to bring in the kingdom of God. In his arrival on earth, the kingdom of God took on a new shape, as it were, and God has been reigning ever since. Prayer, the first of our kingdom priorities. I've been at the birth of three sons. Each of them had an instinctive response as soon as they breathed some air. Those of you who've been at a birth will know as well that this awful, I mean, lovely scream comes out from this little child. It's an instinctive first response. The the natural instinctive response of God's people is to pray. The life of God in us instinctively leads us to pray. One guy wrote this, prayer is the privilege of sons, sons and daughters, the proof of sonship. In prayer, Prayer is the act of saying, God, we honor you. God, we trust you. God, we need you. That's what prayer is. God, we honor you. God, we trust you. God, we need you. And yet, I wonder if this is true for you, how often we neglect to pray. A guy called Joseph Scrivens was born in Ireland nearly two centuries ago. He did not have an easy life. In his mid-twenties, he fell in love with a local girl to whom he was soon engaged to be married. But tragedy struck on the eve of their wedding when she was traveling on horseback over a bridge where they lived. The horse did whatever it did. She fell off into the river and drowned. 
Scrivens was watching and could do nothing to help. Deeply upset, he subsequently moved to Canada, but met with more disaster. So a number of years later now, he's now engaged to be married to another lady who before their wedding day died of pneumonia. I suspect he may have asked a third one and they probably said, no thanks. <laughs> it's not going to work well for me. Anyway, versions of this story... There are different versions of the story, but one version is that his mother was, of course, deeply, deeply upset. She was back in Ireland. He was over in Canada. He couldn't afford to go and visit her. So he wrote a poem to comfort and encourage her. And this poem has become a famous hymn. It goes like this. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I want to encourage us in these few minutes about what God is doing, about what's going on in your life, about two meetings here. I want to encourage us to carry to God everything in prayer because prayer is the act of saying, God, we honor you. God, we trust you. And God, we need you. Jesus said this, recorded in Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. He's not saying that's the only way to pray, but in contrast to what he's just said. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. First, Jesus tells us how not to pray. He says, verse 5, don't pray as the hypocrites pray. Hypocrites, he's referring to, probably the religious leaders, prayed in public to be seen and heard to gain the approval of people. They loved to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners. We don't see that very much. With a focus of impressing others for social status. But he also says, don't pray, verse 7, as the pagans pray. How do they pray? They babble. They just heap up empty phrases, constantly repeating things in the hope that if I can stir up enough, then maybe whichever God it is I'm praying to will hear me and answer. That could be more of a danger for us. The focus there is not impressing people, but impressing God. If I pray hard enough, if I pray long enough, if I get the words right. Has, hasn't anybody wondered that sometime? Maybe this just hasn't happened because I haven't said the right thing yet. Don't worry. 
Your heart is much more important in prayer than the particular words you use. So don't pray like that. Then Jesus gives a five-part pattern for prayer. He says that prayer should be that God's name be honored, that God's kingdom comes and his will be done. He says to pray because we have a need of provision. We have a need of forgiveness and a need of protection. It's not a formula for prayer. Jesus is not saying, when you pray, this is what you must say. He's giving a pattern. There are principles for how and what we should pray about. He's basically saying this. These are the things that you should be concerned to bring to your father's attention. Not because he doesn't know, but because this is how we relate. I have no idea. I wonder if you don't. How many times I've said this prayer over the years? Said it when reading it. I actually remember praying it at primary school. My memory's shocking. I don't remember much. I have no idea why I remember praying this at primary school. But I was brought up in years gone by when I think every day in school we prayed the Lord's Prayer. I remember praying it at weddings, at funerals, as a school teacher, and of course in lots of church meetings. It was once basically known by everybody in this country at least because it was a familiar part of the English language. And yet, however familiar we may be with the Lord's Prayer, we should be really careful not to miss its controversial and revolutionary nature. Because it really is. It's controversial. In 2015, the Church of England produced a, like an advert but it wasn't an advert, it was about the Lord's Prayer. And it was to be shown in cinemas, because Star Wars was coming out at the end of that year. And this was going to be shown in cinemas prior to the screening of Star Wars. Like you get lots of adverts for all sorts of things. The Church of England had taken out a 60-second ad, which was professionally produced, with different people in different situations saying the different lines of the Lord's Prayer. Well, the UK's three leading cinemas, who own about 80% of the cinemas, refused to show it over fears that it would offend people. In a sense, they were right. It's very controversial if you stop and think about it. I'm not saying they should have banned it, but that's what happened. Controversial and revolutionary. Andrew Wilson writes this of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not mild, inoffensive, vanilla, listless, nominal, wishy-washy, or wallpapery. That's a bundle of words. If you don't worship the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord's Prayer, he says, is deeply subversive upsetting and offensive from the first word to the last. I wonder if you knew that. I wonder if you've got any idea. It's a revolutionary prayer. Why? Well, let me explain. Because the opening line acknowledges the supremacy of God alone and reorientates us around that. The Purpose Driven Life, many of you will have read that famous Christian book, begins a little bit like the Lord's Prayer does. The first line in The Purpose Driven Life, I love it, is, it's not about you. 
The Lord's Prayer is offensive to most modern thinking because it's basically saying, this is not about you. This, everything, the world, the universe, every moment, every second, every atom in the universe is about God. God, your name matters above all else. This prayer is saying, may your name in this life be honored because surely one day in eternity every knee will bow before you. It's revolutionary because it expresses a desire for God's kingdom to come. Not mine, not yours, not a particular political party, not a particular nation over other nations. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. It's revolutionary because in it we're expressing our total dependence on God. Give us today our daily bread and every other need. We're not expressing our dependence on employers or the government or world markets. We're certainly not saying, God, look at us, how self-sufficient we are. No, it humbles us to say, God, we are in desperate need. If you don't provide, we're stuffed. It's revolutionary because we're humbled as well as we remember our sinfulness and therefore our need of forgiveness. All of us have offended God and need his mercy. None of us is righteous in and of ourselves. God, have mercy on us. Do not treat us as our sins deserve. It's revolutionary Because just as we ask for mercy, we know we must give mercy to those who sinned against us. Forgiveness cannot be a one-way street. And it's revolutionary because we are weak and God, we need you. I need you, God, to keep me from the evil within, keep me from temptation. I need you to protect me from evil around me. Deliver us from the evil one. So far from being nice, rounded, moderate, vanilla, the Lord's Prayer contains a controversial, revolutionary agenda at odds with the dominant themes in our secular society. God, you are king. May your name be honored above all else. And your will be done ahead of any other. And please provide, forgive, protect, and save us. Because God, without you, we're doomed. Now to come before God in such a revolutionary manner is our personal daily privilege. And next time you pray, please pray not as a revolutionary, but understanding how dramatic the content of this prayer is. But it's also our collective privilege. At times, such as the exciting one that we're in together at the moment, Russ has mentioned, I'll mention it again, we're praying on Wednesday week. In here, what a sight it would be to see a crowd. A crowd of people who are gathering to pray, whether you normally do that or you don't, 
Because the instinctive response in the people of God, by the Spirit of God, is to say, God, we honor you. God, we trust you. God, we need you. And to do so personally, daily, but also to do so collectively together at times like that. Please put it in your diary, Wednesday week, Wednesday the 26th, half past seven, we're gathering to pray. Because let me tell you, if I know nothing else, we need help. And I don't just mean, please will you serve. I mean, God, we need your help. We can plan, but we must pray. One guy said this. If you're not praying, then you are quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all you need in life. Well, we're certainly going to invest time and money and talent planning for two morning meetings and other aspects of CityGate's future, but we must especially invest in prayer to express, God, we honor you. God, we trust you. God, we need you. And because our deepest desire is that your kingdom come, that your will be done. It's being done perfectly in heaven. Lord, please increasingly, may your kingly, beautiful kingly reign be expressed here on earth and here in BCP, and even in this building, and in your families, and in the kids' work, and in every aspect of life that God has got for us. I had a brilliant revolutionary idea of how to finish. I thought we might pray. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to be sharp and snappy. We've got five minutes. We're going to spend one minute on each part of this pattern of prayer. If you're able, would you please stand? It will just help you stay awake. Shake off a little lethargy. You've been listening for a while. There are five basic parts to this prayer. The first one is, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Honored be your name. Revered be your name. May people hold your name in the highest esteem. And we're going to pray, do this bit, together. You may never have prayed before. Give it a go. Won't hurt. You may never have prayed out loud before. Give it a go. No one's listening as much as you think they are. <laughs> Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm going to time us for 60 seconds. Let's see if we can do that. Ready? Steady. Let's just pray. Lord, we ask you that your name Hallowed be your name. 
If you are happy to do this, please don't worry if you're not. I'm going to ask you to just turn to somebody and pray this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you do not, I'm not forcing anyone to participate. Just stand like this. If you're happy to pray with somebody, stand like that. All right, it's quite simple. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. Let's see if we can participate. Pray 60 seconds. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. And if I can just widen that a little bit, Lord, give us on September the 10th and going forward all that we need to facilitate the blessing that you are given. So whatever strikes you around that, we're going to do this all together. Ready? Lord, please give us all we need. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We attribute it to you entirely. We ask, Lord, for more lives to come to know you who don't yet. And we want to say, Holy Spirit, please give us all we need to steward well what you have given to us. Lord, we ask you for servers. We ask you, Lord, for passion in our hearts. We ask, Lord, that you'll give us a mentality that wants to see you glorified. Lord, we're not interested in our name. It's your name we're interested in. Lord, please provide everything. Give wisdom, Lord. Give skill. Give those who've been here and their gifts not uncovered yet. Lord, we pray, give us today. Give us that day. Give us every day all that we need for your glory. Amen. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Let's just do this privately. You may know this week, yeah, messed up. In fact, if you haven't messed up this week, you've been remarkable. <laughs> so you... <coughs> In fact, you're probably lying. Uh, <laughs> so why don't we, just each of us individually... Privately, say, God, I just want to clear this up with you before we move on into the next week. What do you do? You state it, you ask for forgiveness, and you believe that forgiveness.
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I'm going to pray this time. Lord, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you for specific encouragement this morning that you never leave us. You never forsake us. In fact, you couldn't do it because you've promised to never do so and you don't break your promises. So whatever it feels like sometimes, Lord, you have not left. And Lord, we trust you as we step into this next week that you will empower us to keep us from temptation. We ask, Lord, that you will empower us and cause us to make wise decisions and to fight the battle such that we are delivered from evil intent this week. We are your people, and we choose you again, Lord, and say, may you be glorified. May God be honored. May it look like God is king in the way we live this week. Amen. I'd like us to finish. Can we just get the slides of the scriptures back up? I think we should read this together. Ready? No, not that bit. Keep going. Next one. Next one. Next one. There we go. Start with our Father. Ready? One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Can I encourage you to keep praying that revolutionary prayer that God's kingdom may come and he is honored. Amen.